0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. I'm so honored today to have Rob Holman with me. Rob is a global speaker and is the CEO of Global Leadership Consultancy. He's the best-selling author of three leadership books, Lead the Way, All In and Move the Needle. In 2022, he was named one of the top 30 world leadership gurus. Congratulations, Rob. And his inside-out leadership philosophy has been featured in publications like Forbes and Fast Company, etc. I'm particularly blessed to have Rob with me today because he is a friend and mentor for me. Someone I look to as I navigate my own fulfillment of purpose in this world. Rob, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our audience and we'll dive into questions about purpose in the workplace?
1: Jen, I love it. Complete honor and joy. Pleasure to be with you and your audience today. I always look forward to learning so much from you, whether it's through the questions you ask, the conversation that we have. So uh, looking forward to what lies ahead in our conversation today. I would say this. I think it's important for people to know that a very monumental season and time in my life was when I was 21 years old, ready to embark in my senior year of college or university, ready to conquer the world, Jen. Uh, One problem. I had a mass in my midsection that uh, was extremely painful. And it went without a clear diagnosis for nearly six weeks. The doctors were not ruling out cancer, mind you. You can imagine what I was going through during the season. Uh, I was a business student. I was a co-captain on the basketball team. And for this to hit the, uh, my senior year, earlier in my senior year, I was shocked. And as time went on, I became more and more shocked because of the, they couldn't diagnose me until what I'm about to share with you radically changed my perspective on myself, on others and on life circumstances. And here's what happened. Now, throughout the course of the six weeks, I got cat scans, MRIs, ultrasounds. And again, doctors couldn't figure out what exactly was going on. But around the six-week mark, I go in to see an ultrasound specialist at UPenn Hospital in Philadelphia. I had not previously seen this doctor. And Jen, I go in to see them, extreme pain, clear mask going in. The doctor begins to check me out on the ultrasound screen. And the look on his face, I still remember it like yesterday. It was utter amazement. Wow. He proceeded to say these words, Rob, I don't have adequate words to describe what I'm about to share with you. And I'm like, come on, come on. Like, what's what's going on here? He says, you no longer have the mass anymore. And I was like, hold on. What? He then shows me and begins to explain what later would become called a modern day miracle. Now, purpose for me leading up to this point as a 21-year-old young man was winning the next basketball game, having fun with my friends. That was purpose. But you better believe coming out of this unusual, miraculous set of circumstances, I started to ask questions i never asked before. Things like, who am I really apart from, at that particular time, six and a half billion people on the planet? What's the mission that I've been given that no one on planet Earth has but me? And who's the sphere of influence that I've been given that I want to steward really, really well for the rest of my life? And little did I know that now over 25 years later, I'd be helping serve leaders all around the world with discovering or rediscovering their personal purpose, only to see that infused into what they do as a profession.
0: Mm, What a powerful story. And one that I can imagine is, Truly transformational and also maybe in some ways a gift because it forced you to have a moment where you really dove deep and examined that purpose. And that's a great point that you raise here because one of the things that I think the pandemic has illuminated for a lot of people is that they are not aligned with their own internal sense of purpose and they're going about their day to day uh, lives lacking that sense of direction, and they're showing up in organizations that they're quote-unquote working for, and they're just going through the motions. And I think that's not only a detriment to the individual, but it's a detriment to the community that they're involved in, the community being the organization. Before we go any further, I want to give more context to the bigger picture, McKinsey and Company found that 70% of employees define their sense of purpose by their work. However, only 18% of respondents believe they get as much purpose from their work as they would like. Throw in a -a once-in-a-century pandemic, social tensions, and financial strain, employees don't have a lot of tolerance for non-fulfilling work these days. And in his book, Lead the Way, Rob helps leaders find their personal purpose again and that is important for teams. But how does a leader's personal purpose really impact the organization? At the end of the day, my inside out leadership philosophy and
1: principles, they're anchored in one primary thing. That leaders and quite frankly human beings, we can only give what we got. What do we got? Like deep down inside, what do we are we living a life of purpose and passion and peace and joy, or if we're really honest, are we living a little bit more of life? that's stressed out, anxious, fearful, doubtful. Now listen, we're human, so we're going to have emotions. But if we can only give what we got, another way to put it is, it's an ancient saying that freely you receive, to freely give. Same kind of a thing. So I love to talk to leaders. And people, about you know what are you receiving? What have you received? Because when we receive good things about ourselves, when we embrace our uniqueness, when we re- embrace our significance, our purpose apart from every other human being on planet Earth, we're gonna live and lead with that much more passion and enthusiasm and life. And guess what happens as a natural result? Yeah, people get what we have now they catch what we have. So our team members, as a natural result, start actually, uh, we rub off on them in a positive way, dare I say, a transformational way. So a couple practical things to consider for leaders. To, you know, consider, discover, rediscover our personal purpose, it's this. If we want to understand the why, then why do we exist on the planet personally so we can be more productive in the workplace, so we can reach people in a way that we ultimately want to reach them? We've got to understand the who. I have found that when we truly understand or awaken to and embrace our uniqueness, our identity as an individual, as a human being, then we better understand our why. Like, why is it now that I'm here? So five things to consider that help people really embrace who they are. One is, do you know your personal core values? The deep convictions of the heart, the things that you stand by day in and day out, that you're actually making decisions out of this deep place of conviction all day long, but may not fully realize. It. That's number one. Number two, what are your top strengths? You know, Some people call top strengths like natural talents. I believe that's StrengthsFinder 2.0. We call them natural talents. In other words, what are the things ever since you were a little boy or girl, a little child, that came easier to me? That when actually you were doing these things, somewhat seamless, they're happened to be a lot of positive fruit that came out of them where people would benefit when you were engaged in these things? What would they be for you? Third, what are your greatest passions in life? The things that literally have you leaping out of bed in the morning which to accomplish or which to take part in. Jen, you don't want have to hit like the snooze button, put on the alarm to go and do these things early in the morning. Why? Because you're up half the night excited about doing them in the first place. The fourth, and this is a big, is what would you say your most significant life milestones are? The things that you've gone through to where when you went through them, good, bad or ugly, you know that you would never ever be the same again. It could be a tremendous blessing, like a career position that you aspired to and you finally got it. Or it could be the premature death of a loved one. But at the end of the day, these things, good, bad or ugly, have helped shape you to become the person you are today. And then the fifth and final area, if the world were to squeeze you all at one time, but be gentle when they're squeezing of you, Jack, what would actually come out in a really good way? I call this, what is your primary gift that you've been given in life? Not to be used for you, for selfish gain, but actually to be used to benefit your sphere of influence and mankind in general. So when you're no longer here, it's a legacy you leave behind that leaves a ripple effect future generations. So I find when you take a look at those five practical areas, you can't help but to embrace your unique identity, the who, and when you do, your purpose becomes that much more clear.
0: One concept that Rob highlights that I love is that purpose comes before goals and accomplishments, not the other way around. When we talk about our purpose, we often point to what we have done or what we want to do. Maybe our background and accomplishments, our goals, etc. However, Rob puts forth this idea that purpose must come before everything else. I share a little bit about my experience in searching for purpose here and how it wasn't where everyone told me to find it. Personally for me, I spent a lot of my early part of my career, I I would argue from the time I was a little girl, going after some checklist that somebody predefined for me. So there was a predefined set of accomplishments that would indicate I was quote unquote successful. And what happened in my case personally is I checked all those boxes. So I was told to be a good girl and don't talk back and class and listen to your teachers and do your homework and get good grades to be able to go to a good college and do well in college and listen to your teachers and take specific courses that are attractive for different companies to hire you and get a good job and make sure you're doing what your boss tells you and be a good girl and, and, uh, and so on and so on. Yeah, in other words, just conform and everything will be just fun. Right. I got to a point where, okay, I've checked all the boxes and My story was I had a very, quote unquote, successful career in the consulting companies I was with. I I enjoyed an executive position. I was well respected and I was, you know, being compensated very nicely. But ultimately, I hit a wall. I literally hit a wall because I had done the things that I thought I was supposed to do to be successful, check all those boxes, those goals and accomplishments but i realized that i was not addressing what my purpose was and it was not giving me that sense of fulfillment so i feel like there are a lot of people out there that are struggling with this because we're often told what success looks like and told that that's what we need to do to be you know to feel happy
1: yeah that's true and and you're not alone i've been through it so many other people listening and throughout the world have been through it too. So leaders were not exempt from this, as we know. I'll use this as an example. And Jen, I'll pose a question to you to put you on the hot seat. Hold on, who's interviewing who here?
0: Oh yeah, great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So Olympic athletes. The reason why I'm going to highlight them for a moment. For four years, I mean, you can make an argument they've been training their whole life. But for four years in the in the off season before they've reached the seasonal Olympics, whether it be winter or summer, they've trained. They have goals. <laughs> pinpointed goals to win in many regards those goals become their everything they're focused on them they're obsessed with them they live sleep breathe eat them and then what happens when they accomplish those goals so jen like i'll use michael phelps you remember what michael phelps the great swimmer michael And you remember, it was back in 2008 where he won all those all those gold medals and then he continued in 2012, 2016, et cetera. You you know what I'm talking about. Like a a ridiculous amount of golds he won, I believe it was 2008 or something, right? And do you know what happened to Michael Phelps shortly after he won all those golds?
0: You know, I actually don't, I don't know. I didn't track him. That's okay.
1: So here's the thing. Michael Phelps, which is not unlike Many Olympic athletes, when they've attained and reached their goal or people that are really, really good in their profession, their goals, Michael Phelps goals became his purpose. Then now what? He was lost. He was confused. Depression set in with Michael Phelps like never before. Anxiousness, fear, doubt. In other words, he let himself become vulnerable the way that many of us can do if we allow goals and accomplishments to get ahead of meaningful purpose. So in other words, what I'm saying by this is this, is purpose always supersedes goals and accomplishments. So what people say to me, I just want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good neighbor. That's noble. That is admirable. There's no doubt about it. And is there purpose in that? Absolutely. I'll be the first one to say yes and amen. But if that's it, if that's it, and then your son or daughter moves out of the house, if that's it, and then all of a sudden that goal or dream comes to pass, or let's say it comes crashing down, it doesn't happen the way or the time that we thought. Now what? See, purpose for me It's deeper. It's more significant. It transcends titles, goals, accomplishments. Okay. So Rob, what is it? How do I figure it out? Well, we've already taken a huge part of the equation of the step in understanding and embracing who we are. But I'm here to say, like Jen, I'm here to just say that I actually believe that in our personal purpose discovery and journey, we gain more and more of an awareness of something that's always been there ever since we were little, but now we're awakened to it more and more and more. In other words, it's not like, oh no, what is my purpose? I've got to completely find it. I don't know what, like, no, no, no. In other words, your purpose is much closer than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. So when a trial comes in the workplace, in your personal life, in your neighborhood, and it has an effect on you, that tension that you feel, the emotions that, they're through the roof. There's an opportunity in the midst of that. An opportunity for what? An opportunity for us to be awakened, for us to discover or rediscover what our true purpose and meaning in life really is. And when we're awakened to it, when we gain a perspective coming in and out of that set of circumstances that would never be there otherwise, all of a sudden, breathed and infused into the very depth of our, our heart and our mind
0: is a purpose that we didn't even know was there all along. So when we're talking about purpose coming before goals and accomplishments, what we really mean is that purpose supersedes everything else. Rob continues the story of Michael Phelps to explain how dangerous it can truly be to put accomplishments and goals before our purpose.
1: The moment that we start putting The goals and accomplishment before, now it can easily turn into unhealthy striving. It can easily turn into, all right, I gotta get her done. And when I get her done, I'll arrive at my purpose. Well, Michael Phelps and so many other leaders and people, the creme de la creme, they had to find out the hard way. And I want to back way up from that ledge to encourage leaders. Hold on a second, be cautious. You can actually embrace who you are and be awakened to certain things right here and right now so you don't have to go through as much of the challenges in life to teach you the lesson.
0: During my conversation with Rob, I thought about how many of us experience that nagging feeling when we're not aligned with our purpose. However, I was also thinking about the fact that it's easy to ignore that nagging. After all... There are kids to feed and bills to pay and dogs to walk and laundry to flip and reports to turn in. The truth of the matter is that the logistics of life can get in the way of thinking about the bigger picture. It can be really difficult to find the time to lean into your purpose. You have to give yourself permission to explore your values, and in doing so, you risk finding out that you're heading in a direction that's off course from your authentic self it's scary. However, if you ignore that nagging feeling long enough, it will impact you in a way that cannot be ignored, as it did for myself and many others. So, where do you even start? This journey can be daunting, but what's the first step? Sometimes,
1: we have to start with the end in mind. So, Let's, let's fast forward our lives for a moment. You know, we've all attended a memorial service, sometimes more than we like to admit with relatives, family and friends. Some of us are listening to this and we're, we're grieving because it's so fresh. But we can't help whenever we experience a memorial service coming out of it. At least I, at least this is me and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not alone is to think deep down inside. I wonder who would be at mine. I wonder what songs would be played. I wonder what angles or perspectives on my life people would share. I actually wonder who would share. And depending on who would share, what would they really say about me? What would I want them to say about me? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. So if we start with the end in mind, if we were to write our own eulogy or life celebration, exercise and really go down that road. What would we want people to really say about us and how we lived, not just with the accomplishments, although that, there could be some, but what would they say about who we are? What personal stories would they share and why? What highly descriptive words would they want would we want them to use on our behalf? And then when we begin to go through those questions, keeping in mind, remember, if we want to embrace why we exist, we got to first understand the who, like who we are. So you can actually go through that. There's five things I just shared with you a few minutes back and incorporate them in that eulogy or life celebration exercise, looking at your personal core values, your strengths, your passion, your life milestone, your gift. And begin writing creatively, thinking through creatively what you would hope people would say. And then, does it really match up and is it consistent with how I'm living today? And let's hope that's happening, Jen. Let's hope we are living consistently. But if there are gaps, and we all have them, some blind spots and gaps, we could be that much more intentional and consistent making sure to close the gaps. So when people experience us at home, in our neighborhood, on our teams, in the workplace, they're getting our true authentic selves all the time, all day, every day. So in the midst of that then, two words I want to highlight, consistency and intentionality. And so when we embrace who we are and we start discover, rediscovering why we exist on this planet, we can start truly re-engineering the eulogy and incorporate a depth and understanding and intentionality and consistency with making sure those things are playing out. Not in an unhealthy striving kind of a way, because this is who we are. Just being more mindful of certain things day in and day out. And I will tell you, I found personally. I know leaders all around the world that I work with. Has found. I found personally, it's freeing, being who you are, regardless of who you're around and what you're doing. You don't have to wear this mask over here. You don't have to, you know. Oh no, like I just bumped into someone in the store that's a business partner, and I got to try to put this professional hat on. No, 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 no. You're liberated, free to be who you were always designed and created to be, and now, out of this truly authentic place. You begin to live, you begin to lead with passion, purpose, enthusiasm, and life. And guess what happens as a natural result? People around you get what you have.
0: Springboarding off this discussion, I wanted to talk about Rob's method of developing an attitude of gratitude. We've spoken many times on this podcast before about the importance of gratitude, giving and receiving for our personal and professional lives. I really believe that gratitude can make or break a life's experience. In Season 3 on Episode 15, we dove into how gratitude impacts you and your team and your organization. We've mentioned before the importance of gratitude and even shared some gratitude exercises that you and your team can complete. Rob believes in being grateful not just for what's happened, but what's forthcoming He explains why gratitude matters in your journey to uncover your purpose.
1: Gratitude helps with our perspective. So many times when challenge comes, workplace challenge comes, is we become obsessed about the challenge. But what gratitude does in giving specific thanks for the things that are working, are going well, for the opportunities that are ahead, we actually start and there's an opportunity to do this, is we're rising above the challenge. So now we have an aerial perspective on the challenge that we wouldn't have otherwise. And that's when I believe we become the greatest change agents. You know, Jen, there's this powerful, powerful thing I want to bring to your attention, everyone's attention. Have you ever heard of the Velcro-Teflon effect? I don't think so. All right, so follow me with this. So uh, Velcro, right? Things stick to Velcro. And there is a reason why negativity sticks to human beings. It's a survival mechanism, okay? We're talking about surviving and thriving here. Survival, I mean, this goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago where, okay, let's say your life was on the line. You go out to get food for for your family. Your family goes out to get food and some animal's chasing you down. I'd say that's a pretty negative set of circumstances there, Jim. Wouldn't you agree? You're just out to get food for your family. And now you're being chased down. But don't you know that now the endorphins are gone and some of these negative things like, oh no, I'm feeling fearful, doubt is creeping in, stress. But some of those things can actually create chemical release in our body to where we can run speeds that we didn't know were humanly possible. Why? Because our survival depended on it. Now here's the issue with that. Day in and day out for most people and leaders, They don't have someone chasing them down. Sadly, we obsess about the negative going on, and we let that become so big and so upfront and center of our lives. And then we're trying to make decisions as leaders in and out of that place most of the day, most of the time. And what happens with positive things, it's like Teflon. They just seem to slide off. So we might receive a positive thing from a teammate, a team member, a a project manager. But, you know, oftentimes after they say it, it just slides right off. We're just obsessed about the negative one or two things that people say. So what we need to do is, see, we need to go from surviving into thriving, which means we need to retrain the brain. So what would it look like or what is it, uh, what needs to happen for us to go from the survival mode of dwelling and obsessing on the negative and, and seeing the positive fly off like Teflon? What would it mean to reverse that? What would it mean for the positives to stick to such a degree that we could become the change agents and the creative innovators that people are hoping and wanting and longing for us to be? So all of a sudden, the Velcro becomes the positive and the negative starts to just slip off like Teflon. So we need to retrain the brain and gratitude steps
0: right in in this process. Right. Yep. I remember this now. You're talking about the meditation techniques to help with that. So yeah. yeah, that's right. And so it's fascinating.
1: So I love, as soon as I wake up every day, like I want to get real practical. As soon as I wake up every day, I start my day with gratitude. But it's not just going through a list for a list sake and it just becomes like a rhythm of me going through the motions. For me, and studies back this up, that when you actually, the more specificity you give to the people and the things that you're most grateful for each and every single day, as well as pushing the pause button for at least 20 seconds on each of those people or things. Now your senses get engaged in this thankful state and your brain goes from that negative thinking and we start retraining it into more of a positive thinking. In other words, we're disciplined in the positive thinking in the gratitude to where in time it breaks the levees down in our life and it becomes a lifestyle positivity that we live. Isn't that pretty powerful?
0: I have felt the personal impact of that and doing those exercises. So I, I strongly recommend if you're out there and you're listening and you think this is, uh, all a bunch of hoo-ha, um, give it a try for 30 days, see what happens. That's right.
1: That's right. That's a good challenge. That's a really, really good challenge. And again, there's, there's studies, you know, that even talk about not just the meaning behind this, but statistics to back it up that when we do retrain the brain, Our perspective on ourselves and the purpose infused in our life becomes that much greater, that much deeper. And then our productivity, Jen, it just starts to, it starts to improve. And if there's one thing that leaders want in the workplace, it's increased productivity. We want ourselves to be more on point with what we do, how we do it. And we also want our team members to be more on point because let's be real. We're in business and many people are in business to have greater and greater influence, which requires the bottom line to be healthy and to grow. So we want to make sure that that remains intact for sure.
0: I love Rob's emphasis on treating employees as human beings, not as human doings. How can leaders implement these practices to better help their team and organizations not just survive, but also thrive?
1: People want to be valued. And the average working professional, average team member, doesn't want to be valued as much as a working professional, although we do want to be valued as a working professional. No doubt about it. We do a good professional job on a project. We see through a timeline and a deadline or whatever the case may be, or we exceed expectations. We want to be validated. We want to be valued for what we did as a working professional team member. No doubt. But I have found that people long to be valued more so as a human being. Now you say, "Well, aren't they values a human being when they're values a working professional?" Yeah, to some degree, but that's doing a dance around the working professional aspect. But when you ask questions to your team members, to your colleagues and peers in the workplace about a passion area of theirs personally, about their family that matters a whole lot to them. Not to have a full-fledged counseling session, but to let them know that they matter, that they're important, not as much in what they do as opposed to who they are. And when we take intentional time to do that in team meetings, on our one-to-one meetings, where I know we got a job to do, these things don't even take that much time on the front end. But when we go there, what that does, like Jen, I'm going to just, like if I ask you, like before this recording on the podcast, you and I are talking about life. You're talking about your husband. I'm talking about my wife and family. We're talking about this. We are talk- we weren't even talking as much about professional. What did that do to you when I was asking you questions about how you're doing personally?
0: Oh, yeah. It just makes you feel like you're cared for. Yeah.
1: And vice versa. You're asking me like, Rob, how's the fam doing? What are some things going on on the home front? I'm like, I'm thinking inside. I'm like, and I already know this about me, but I'm thinking, wow, like we could just do this podcast and have fun doing it and keep it professional. We do, but like Jen cares about me. Like I really matter to her. So for me, that connection with a team member is everything. And one of the practical things I do want to highlight, because there could be leaders and, and working professionals listening. They're like, how do I make that connection? Because Rob, the temptation for me is just to dive right into professional. We got work to do. We got goals to be had. I think it could just come up with a few questions, like just personal questions. You don't have to dig terribly deep, but a few questions to better get to know your team member a little bit more each and every single time you meet with them than you did prior. And when you do that, you're committed to them more so as a human being than the work that they do. And I'm telling you, they're just, as Jen and I experienced with the pre-recording of this podcast, they're just going to walk with an extra pop in their step. They're just going to feel encouraged, edified, and build up. And productivity is just a
0: natural result. Love it. Love it. And I would uh, point that back to the big key word of empathy which I'll just mention, I love that you call out that empathy is a service. And it's something that I think we all benefit from and we all could stand to give out a little bit more freely. (laughs) True that. True that. Well, Rob, I could clearly talk to you for probably the next... Four hours. So we might have to have you back um, uh, multiple times to continue to explore this subject. It's a very timely subject. People desperately need to hear this message. And these kind of internal reflection questions and curiosities will absolutely make us better as individuals, make us better as leaders, and, and ultimately better as organizations or communities. So I want to thank you so much. I'm grateful that you took the time today to join me on our podcast. And I'm so thrilled that we are continuing to work together. So please let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, Jen, this has been awesome. And you know, I mean that with every fiber of my being, uh, you are a tremendous gift to me, to your immediate circle and your family and, uh, and everyone that you get a chance to serve through your leadership and consulting and speaking and So I just thank you from the bottom of my heart and having me on uh, as well. I do want to make mention of something before I let people know how they can reach me, and I'll I'll keep this tight, is there was a Bloomberg article that came out, I believe a little less than a month ago, that basically says that around 70% of working professionals right now are not looking as much for professional purpose. They're looking more for personal purpose within their profession. Nearly 70%. That's seven out of 10 team members, employees. Everything you and I talked about today, although I'm giving you all my experience based on working with leaders, et cetera, throughout the years, but this stuff is tangible. It's real. And the great resignation is the real deal. And as leaders, we can be proactive in this season to work ahead, to keep certain things in mind as it relates to ourselves and also as it relates to other people. So there's never been a better time to be more proactive than reactive. So that's why I appreciate your voice, Jen, and what this podcast offers people all around because it's an opportunity to do just that. People wanna find out a little bit more about me, probably the best uh, is my website, which is robholman.com, and that's Rob with two Bs, robholman.com. And then uh, my latest book, Move the Needle, which I believe, Jen, you referred to earlier is at movetheneedlebook.com: Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you everyone for listening and joining this week's episode of our Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive. Thrive, take care.